Hey guys, it's Elena. Welcome back to 20-something. This is the podcast where we make convos about self-development way more fun because we're in our 20s and life is just not that serious. Today's episode is going to be different. Different but fun, I hope. I decided to run an experiment. The background is this. I've done a couple of episodes that centered on like financial advice in the past year. So either on the budgeting slash personal finance side of things or on the investing side of things. And people respond really well to episodes like that. Like people love episodes like that. Those are the ones that I get a bunch of people messaging me, responding, saying, hey, this is cool. Do more shit like this. Because naturally it's something that almost everyone is curious about. Like even if you're not a pro in personal finance or like super into stock picking, you're going to be interested in any kind of conversations around money. It's so natural to want to hear, like we have a natural curiosity for what other people are doing with their money because we're curious whether they know something that we don't or in general, like it's probably a good idea to sense check what we're doing with our money against say like what other people in our demographic are doing with their money. So the result is like everyone has this natural inclination towards topics about money because we know, like it makes sense that there's a very clear benefit that we can derive if we get the right information from whether it's a podcast or a blog or an article or a book or like talking to someone directly. We know that there's a clear benefit if we can get our hands on the good information. It's one of those categories where it's so easy to see that there's a direct connection between information and value. In this case, information and like financial value. The logical chain goes like this. It's like if you get the right information or you get new information, let's say that other people maybe don't have, you then can take action on that information. And then as a result, you could potentially derive financial benefit. That same connection is true, by the way, for information in a lot of areas. Like if you take health, for example, the chain would go like this. If you hear information on a podcast from a health expert or from a personal trainer about how to get in shape or telling you how to lose weight or what to eat to build muscle, you can then again, act on that information. And as a result, you get the value from being healthy. The difference is that just that in that case, instead of it being financial value, it's the value of like health or looking better or feeling better or whatever it is. But for some reason, like people, we don't care about that as much because in that scenario, it actually is a lot harder or requires more effort to actually act on the information. Like you have to physically go to the gym, you have to eat better. It takes more self-control. And then sometimes the benefit from that may not be seen until months or even years later after being consistent with it. The money example is easier for us because when it comes to money and investing, once you hear the right information, acting on the information is probably actually pretty easy. And then the financial benefit could in some cases come pretty quickly. So it it spikes our interest. Anyway, the point of that was people love episodes about money. But the problem is this. I am 23 years old. I graduated literally two seconds ago and I don't think that I'm in any position to give genuine financial advice to the majority of the people listening. Like I'm still trying to figure it out myself alongside you guys. That's why in the episodes that I've done in the past on those kind of topics, I'm very careful to word it as like, this is just me sharing what I do personally with my money and the kind of decisions I'm making and not to word it as like, this is what I think you should do with your money. I've also had people reach out to me or like have their publicists reach out to me to pitch themselves as guests on my show who are quote unquote experts on personal finance. And I don't like that either because why the hell am I going to bring somebody on here to give you financial advice when I don't know them? First of all, you guys are my audience. Like I actually care about you. So why am I going to bring someone on who 
I don't know. I don't know their background. I don't know what qualifies them. They're going to sit here and tell you what to do with your money. And the reason that makes me uncomfortable is if somebody's spending their time going around asking to be on different podcasts to give people financial advice, I'm not really convinced that they're actually really out there building wealth or making killer investment decisions because If they were, like, they would be too busy actually doing the thing to be coming on my podcast. Like, I know that's probably harsh, but I'm just not convinced of the whole thing. So what I thought would be more fun instead is playing around with this idea, the idea of asking for financial advice from a thing that is not designed to be wanting to give you advice, that, like, doesn't have the personal biases of, like, thinking that it's always right and telling you what to do. It's just designed... It's like a machine that's just designed to consolidate objective information and then relay it to you in a digestible way. Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of you guys probably already use ChatGPT in your jobs or for school. If you don't use it in your job, I bet you probably have played around with it somehow. I think most people have at this point. It's really crazy how quickly it has come to dominate like every conversation. Not only in tech, but just in the corporate world everywhere. I know I read about it in the news every single day. It's everywhere on Twitter. My colleagues are talking about it. My friends are talking about it. People at the bar are talking about it. It's insane. Like my PM, my project manager, just discovered ChatGPT like last week. And since then, he's been giving me explicit instructions to basically use it wherever possible. So like for a lot of my research, he tells me like, just use it. Try to cut the amount of time that you're spending on research. I think what's so impressive What's so impressive about innovations like this is that they're usually very slow to come about. And then they're very slow also to hit mass adoption. So for example, we talk about like crypto and blockchain technology, or we talk about self-driving cars as these crazy innovations that are going to change the world. Most people, if not like a lot of people agree that they will change the world in some significant way. And we see them coming like innovations like this. We see them as they're happening but they're still happening pretty slowly, right? Like crypto hasn't hit mass adoption yet. Companies have been working on self-driving cars for 10 plus years and they still haven't hit mass adoption. If you compare that to AI, like the actual use of AI at such a large scale came out of absolutely nowhere. Take in, ChatGPT got 100 million users within two months of launching. Two months. That's 50 million users a month, like if you average it out. It's the fastest growing app that we've seen in the entire world in history. Think about how big that number is. And like literally a year ago today, if you think back to a year ago, AI seemed like this far-fetched thing. I couldn't personally picture it. It seemed like this thing that couldn't be trusted. You pictured like robots in Wally or whatever else. Fast forward a year and now it seems so normal. People are using it in their everyday jobs. My little sister's friends are using ChatGPT to write their essays in high school for fuck's sake. Most people are using it on an everyday basis, especially if you're in writing or anything kind of research-based. Like people who do jobs that rely on their their mind more than their hands, there's a very high chance that you're using it or should be using it in your job. I'm definitely not in the camp of like, basically my main thought is not fear about how many jobs it's going to replace. That's the narrative we're hearing a lot, but I think that's pretty pessimistic. Maybe I'm naive, but I'm more in the camp of like, I think that it's a sick innovation and I think it's going to free up so much productive time that we can use on other things. Like if you take consulting, for example, if I can avoid spending two hours in my day drafting questions for an expert interview, like a tedious task like that, or if I can avoid spending six hours doing research on some industry I have no idea about, 
Instead, if I can delegate that to ChatGPT, have ChatGPT do it, and then just tell me the answer in 30 seconds instead, suddenly I have hours in the day that were freed up that I can actually spend more time with my client. I can perform better at my job because I can actually use my productive time for like the strategic creative side of things or the interpersonal side of the business that a chatbot can't do. So I don't think that AI renders humans useless. It's just a tool that we can use to spend less time on the tedious tasks and more time of our day actually being productive and creative so that we can make decisions more quickly with better information and create value with less error. And yes, obviously it's going to replace some jobs. Lots of innovations in history have done that. And it's not like people are just left forever without jobs. It's that some jobs are replaced and then new jobs come about because we have more capacity to spend on higher value activities. That kind of got off topic, but it's just something that I've been thinking about a lot because I find this all like so interesting. I'm also not someone who knows a ton about tech. So like that's why it's so fascinating for me to be learning about these things. But the point of that was to tee up this question that I asked ChatGPT, which was to give me financial advice. Specifically, what I asked it for in the prompt was to give financial advice to a 20-year-old because it seemed on brand for this podcast. The funny thing is, like, if you've used ChatGPT, you'll recognize this. When you first log on, there's a there's a disclosure that's going to pop up that says something along the lines of, although we have safeguards in, in place, da 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 the system may occasionally generate, like, incorrect or misleading information. It may produce offensive content, biased content. And then it says, word for word, it says, this is not intended to give advice. So what's funny is that even giving it a prompt, like, can you give financial advice to a 20-year-old? It said yes. It still agreed to it, and it gave me this. And this I'm just going to read from what was output from the chatbot. It said, if you are in your 20s, it's a great time to start building a strong financial foundation for your future. Here are some helpful tips, some financial tips that may be helpful. And it gave a list of six. Create a budget. Start by creating a budget that outlines your income and your expenses. This will help you understand where your money is going and where you may be able to cut back. Number two, start saving early. Even if you're only able to save a small amount each month, starting early can make a big difference in the long run. And the guidance it says was aim to save at least 10 to 15% of your income each year. So if you're making 100K, save at least $10,000 to $15,000 of your income every year. Number three, try to avoid taking on high interest debt, such as credit card debt, if possible. If you do need to take on debt, make sure that you have a plan to pay it off as soon as possible. Four, build an emergency fund. It's a good idea to have some money set aside in case of unexpected expenses or job loss. And then it's specified, aim to save enough to cover three to six months of living expenses. Which I like how in already in a couple of these cases, it quantified like what percentage of your income you should save, how many months worth of expenses you should save up as an emergency fund. Invest for the long term. Consider investing in a diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and other assets. Over the long term, these investments can provide growth and help you reach your financial goals. Then number six, which is my favorite, it said, learn about personal finance. Take the time to actually learn about personal finance and investing. There are many great resources available online and in books that can help you improve your financial literacy. And if you wanted to take it like up a step, you could probably write back and ask it to specify, you know, give me the top 10 books on personal finance that I should start with. So obviously none of this should surprise you. Like what it basically did was it spat back every personal finance book you've ever read. Like this thing probably got some input from Robert Kiyosaki and Dave Ramsey or something. 
If you think about it, if I was somebody who didn't have a clue about personal finance, let's say I was somebody who wasn't educated in anything beyond like basic financial literacy, I would still be so much better off following this answer from a chatbot than I would if I listened to Jim Cramer on TV or if I took financial advice from my parents or from my friends or, you know, what applies to most people, which is if I just didn't do anything intentional with my money at all. Because the thing about this answer it gave me is that it's objective and it's also very conservative. Like it's very risk averse. It basically just consolidated the basic set of principles on personal finance that are widely agreed upon. Like none of these things are revolutionary, but it consolidated them and structured it into a nice, easy to follow six bullet list that most people could understand, right? It just said, create a budget, start saving early, avoid high interest debt, build an emergency fund, invest for the long term, and please learn about personal finance. It didn't give me like any risky financial advice or anything that could be construed as unethical. It's not spitting out stock picks or telling me to put all my money in Bitcoin, um, unfortunately. All it said was create a budget, avoid high interest debt, protect yourself with an emergency fund, think long term. Like it's very conservative. It also told me to learn about personal finance, which I think was a cute tongue in cheek response as the last one. Am I surprised? No. But do I think it was a good answer? Yeah, probably. Like if what we're optimizing for is giving something that is both general and certain, or at least close to certain and easily understood by everybody, then yes, it's very much a safe answer. I kind of wish that it gave me something sexier or like something more immediately actionable, like a stock pick or something, because then I could have done a follow-up experiment where I actually follow the advice and document what happens. But Predictably, like it gave me the very non-sexy, mature, like sound advice answer, which is definitely more ethical. So I hope you guys liked this episode. As always, please, please, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And to make it fun, you guys can tell me the funniest thing that you've used ChatGPT for in the review section. Love you guys. Ciao. If you find any kind of value in this episode, send it to your best friend, send it to your mom, share it with anybody. One step further that would help me a ton is if you leave a rating and review on the pod, that makes a huge difference. The main way that podcasts grow on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts is through ratings and reviews. That's what like gets the algorithm to push it to more people. So if you can take literally 30 seconds to write a review, I don't care what you say, like just tell me what your favorite episode is. Any kind of feedback you want to leave, stuff you want to hear from me or guests that you want to have on the podcast, let me know. I promise I read all of them and I would be super grateful.